Thanks for joining us on the True North Podcast. My name's James McKenzie, and I've got Ryan Moore with me. Hey, hey, how's it going? Good, man. And uh, it is November 15th, and I would like to be the first to wish you a very Merry Christmas, Ryan. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Have you noticed all the neighborhoods? Like, everybody's got their lights up already this year. It's not even Thanksgiving yet. They're ready. I appreciate it. Yeah. Can I, I tell you a secret? I was the first person on my street to put my Christmas lights up. Overachiever. Yeah, I'm pretty proud of it. And over the past week, since I've put them up, like they're just, they're everywhere. When uh, when do you typically put your lights up? Typically, oh, there is no typical in the McKenzie household, first of all. Okay. Like, I we're not very routine people. And so next year, it might not be until December 15th that okay. I actually get up my lights. But this yeah. year, I was an overachiever. It was a nice day on a Sunday, and so I did it. Okay. So how about you? Nice. So normally in, in our life is kind of crazy at the moment, but normally we do definitely Christmas tree goes up either Thanksgiving evening or the, the, the following day. Mm-hmm. So, um, black Friday. Yeah. Um, now how long do you leave Christmas decorations up? See, once again, very, it, sometimes it's like the middle of January and sometimes it's in February. Okay. Like, yeah, we, we're Christmas people. We really Once I get it. Christmas up and I don't know, I thought this was like just from growing up where I, did. I grew up in Florida, a lot of Hispanic influence, but, um, we, we leave Christmas up until like the 15th of February, <laughs> like minimum, <laughs> like it is always, you know, and by then Meg, my wife, she, she starts getting a little antsy by then. She's, yeah. she's like ready for the clutter to be kind of boxed up in in a way, but, um, but yeah, I like the Christmas stuff to stay out for a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's an exciting time of year, man. It is. Thanksgiving coming up, Christmas, Thanksgiving's next week. That's crazy (laughs) to think about. Oh my gosh. Well, um, this week on the podcast, uh, we, we're just coming off of a couple of base camps. We're coming off of a frontier that we just had Monday night. The frontier was so so good. If you're, if you guys haven't had the chance to join us at that, man, you guys are missing out. Sorry if you live out of town and it's just not an option for you. But if you live in town in Oklahoma City and you're not able to make it, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need to come. But we seriously though, we we had a great time, and uh, we know a lot of our listeners uh, just have other things going on and weren't able to make it. And so what we wanted to do was once again share the content that we went through, which was a teaching from John Eldridge. It was actually a recent teaching that he did late last year um, based on the content of his book, Fathered by God. Now, that book was written, you know, probably a decade ago. In the 90s, yeah. Yeah, and so it's an older book, but the concept is still as relevant as ever, maybe even more so than whenever he wrote it. Um, his books tend to have that happen. Mm-hmm. Like he'll write them and then they become even more relevant as it goes. But yeah. um, but this teaching is just so good. And it, it talks about the six stages of masculinity. So the six stages are beloved son, cowboy, warrior, lover, king, and then sage. And so what we're going to do is we're going to just share that audio from that teaching and John's going to go into each one of those stages, why it's important to realize that all of us are 
on our masculine journey, and we're all in one of these stages, if not all of them. And so listen with that in mind, and then stick around at the end, because Ryan and I are going to share our experience with the six stages of masculinity and how that's been relevant to our lives. And I think we've got some pretty good pretty good stuff for you in that. So um, stick around for that. Uh, but for right now, we'll kick it over to John. We are given this masculine heart and soul by our Father, and we are on a journey to wholeheartedness. Okay, that's where we've been. You have a masculine heart and soul. We're on a journey to wholeheartedness. Jesus, I want my whole heart back. And um, one step at a time, one step at a time. God is not going to overwhelm you. He's not going to ask you to completely change. It's like just one thing at a time, one step at a time. Okay, we are unfinished men. So as I was praying about <clears throat> this tonight's session, what I want to give you, I want to give you two things. <clears throat> um, a, a new framework, a way of looking at the rest of your life, your daily life, a new, a new framework, and then the key to it, okay? And the new framework, um, because we are all unfinished men, what God is primarily up to in your life is your initiation into masculine wholeheartedness. We are unfinished men. There are uncompleted things in us. And um, some of us, it, it's just, we are wild horses, just wild. Some of us, as Todd was saying the other, the other night, last night, which feels like seven nights ago, <clears throat> um, it, it is, we're actually really too domesticated. Okay. Unfinished men, and, and the journey now is initiation. Here, let me give you some understanding of that. So David and Goliath, right? Super famous Bible story. And David is 15, <clears throat> around there. Um, and he shows up. He comes, he brings some food to his brothers who are in the army. And Goliath is this giant guy. Um, and he, this is like full-on demonic stuff, too. Like, you know, why he's giant and how did he get Iron Age weapons and all that, it's like, that is a whole nother story. But this guy, this guy is full tilt deadly. Okay. It's not like a cute little Bible story. He is a, he is a trained assassin. Okay. He's a terrorist. The, you know, Goliath is like no one to mess with. Okay. And David says, I'll fight him. <laughs> They're like, hey, <laughs> thank you very much. We love your enthusiasm. You know, he's going to kill you. Like, this is three seconds. You are instantly dead. This is not, you know, and, and here's what David says. He says, well, actually, um, we're going to put this verse up on the screen. He says, I have been in the field. I was in the field taking care of my father's flocks. And when a lion or a bear came against the flock, I, I took them by the jaw and I struck them down and I killed them. I have killed the lion and the bear. I can handle this. <laughs> You're like, wow. That, that's like one of Danny's stories. You know, that's, that's like Alaska, you know. 
That is a story of initiation. God took David through experiences, not just content, experiences that got into his being that I have what it takes. I can handle this. I have what it takes, right? I can walk in this arena with this horse. No problem. No problem. I got this. Okay, that settledness in David wasn't just like dropped on him in the moment. He didn't just get, you know, zapped, struck by lightning and given sudden courage. God took him through experiences that prepared him for the next stage of his life. That is the masculine journey. It is a journey of initiation. It's a journey of initiation, okay, where God takes us through stages of masculine development. And if you look at the life of David, if you look at Moses, it's, it's really fascinating. You look at famous characters down through history, real people, Teddy Roosevelt, guys like that, Lincoln, it, and, and the life of Jesus, the life of Jesus. You will see the same exact patterns of initiation, God bestowing things into you, giving you things in love, taking you through experiences of love and validation so that your masculine being is made whole and grounded and centered in a strength to handle the next thing that's coming to you. Okay. So um, you are hungry for God. I love that. I love that about you. Like you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be here subjecting yourself to this fire hose. You wouldn't be here. You're hungry for God. You want more. You want in. You want more of the kingdom. You want to experience more of the fullness of the kingdom. Guys, let me let me tell you something. Um, if you're going to go out in a lightning storm and hold up a lightning rod, you better be grounded. You had better be grounded. In order to experience more of God, you actually have to have emotional maturity. You do, or it'll blow you up, right? And you see these really gifted people, and they're like, and they're doing all this kind of thing. And then, like, next week, they're blown up. They blew up their marriage. They blew up their sexuality. They, you know, and you're like, what the, what the? Like, they were amazing, and you go, yeah, he, um, they just stuck the lightning rod up into the storm, but they are not a grounded man. They are not grounded in wholeness and wholeheartedness. God wants to give you a kingdom. That is what you were, de- that's what you were destined for, right? And in the parable of sheep and the goats, when you step into the rest of reality, right, you are given a kingdom. Come, you who are blessed of my father, take the kingdom. Prepared for you since the foundation. Because Adam, you're made to rule, okay? And in the meantime, what God, before he can give you that, he doesn't want you to just blow up. Before he can entrust us with more of himself, with more of the kingdom, with more power, influence, knowledge, all that, he, he has to do things in us so that we can handle it. Right, you, yeah. 
It's kind. It's just pure kindness. You would not give your car keys to your four-year-old, right? Not because you don't love him, but because you're like, you'll kill yourself and everybody else. I can't let you have this car. That's madness. Okay, right? You, you get to train him and grow him up and get him settled. And then, you know, when you're trembling when he's 16 and you hand him the car keys anyway. But at least he's been prepared for it. Okay, so that is the journey of masculine initiation. Okay, and it doesn't just come by zap. David says, oh, I was out in the field. I, I've been out there for years. And, and stuff happened. Lions attacked the flock, bears attacked the flock, and God helped me. It's about his life in God, absolutely. But, but it, he took him through experiences that prepared him and enabled him to be the kind of man that can be entrusted with more. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah sure, right? You wouldn't give your, your 16-year-old, you know, $500,000. You just wouldn't do that. Okay, so um, the, the framework is initiation. I'm going to put up a slide, guys. There's the slide that goes beloved son, cowboy, warrior, lover, king. Let's, let's find that slide and put that up. So these are the stages of the masculine journey. And one stage builds upon the next, and, and we pass through these. We're, we were meant to pass through these. Let me tell you, let's say this was the design, and then, and then, you know, then comes your life story. But um, you go from beloved son to cowboy to warrior to lover to king to sage. You see it in Moses. You see it in David. You see it in the life of Jesus. It's, it's really extraordinary. Because these things have to be settled in our hearts, the king who's been given a kingdom, he's the head of a corporation, he's the coach of a team, he has a classroom, he's a teacher, he's got money, he's got influence, he's a pastor. The king who has not been the beloved son cannot handle criticism. He can't take it, right? And, and he cannot give up the pulpit, right? He just, you know, nobody, like, control and domineering and that sort of thing because he is an unfinished man. He is mostly boy in a king's role. So the, the, the ache of the earth is that what we have are kings running, men entrusted with power who do not have the emotional maturity to handle it. Even the power of God. Okay? So to get these things, um, so I'm going to walk you through the stages and, and then um, we'll, do a little, we'll do a little bit of work here. Beloved son. So I talked about the whiskers, ice cream, bicycle rides, story time, snuggling. The, the stage of the beloved son is, is when it is deposited into your being through experience that you are profoundly loved. You're good. That's why I can say to Nathan, man, it doesn't matter about your trust level. Like, you, you are so loved. You're good, man. He'll get through to you. It's okay, right? Because you're the beloved son. And... and I realized that that is where we went back this afternoon into some pretty profound wounding. Like we didn't get that. 
A lot of us were robbed of it. You had it, then you lost it. Leo's story, his dad was a prize fighter. He was ranked fifth in the world. Uh, you know, just an amazing guy. And he had him for a while. He had these beautiful stories, and then it was taken away. He lost belovedness. He lost belovedness. And he would tell you that the, that the next 20 years of his life is a search for belovedness. And so guys that desperately need to be liked, I just need to be liked, that's okay, that's okay. You're looking for belovedness. And, and you know, where the approval was in your family, if it was grades, success, degrees, and you've been pursuing that PhD and you're just desperate to just hear belovedness. We love you, we love you. We really delight in you. That, that's the stage of the beloved son. And it lays a foundation in the heart that you're good. You're good, man. You're not gonna be withheld from, ripped off. You're, you're good. And God will take us back and love us in the places that still need belovedness, okay? Because he needs, he needs to go back and make sure that that is in you so that you can get that, you can get that like foundation in the soul. Stages of the beloved son, and then in the mountain of the teenage years, anybody who's a father of sons recognize it. There is something that happens. There's a shift around 12, 13 years old where he is no longer boy. There's something in him that, you know, he wants to, he wants to go fast. He, want, he wants to try mountaineering. He wants to, you know, uh, try out for the lacrosse team. or Something starts showing up where the young man moves into the stage of the cowboy, and the, and the cowboy years are primarily the years between 12 and 19, where hard work and adventures form things in the soul. And again, this is experiential learning. Okay, it's not just being told, it, it, it is discovering it through experience, okay? So, Part of my rescue, was, I grew up in the alcoholic home, blew up, devastation, total abandonment wounds, but my, part of God's rescue, before I even knew him, God was rescuing me, okay, was my grandfather and his cattle ranch in eastern Oregon. And I would be dropped off there, partly because I was such a wild kid. My parents just didn't know what to do with me, so they would drop me off at my grandfather's ranch. My grandfather got it. He got it. Like he knew boys, he knew men, he was a really good man. And there were two things. He's the only person in my life that's ever called me Johnny. Johnny. Delight, belovedness, affection. You are special to me. You are the apple of my eye. I knew I was, I knew I was his delight. He delighted in me. And initiation, especially in the cowboy stays. Like, literally cowboying, and we'd get on horses and, you know, herd cattle and stuff. But he would, do the, he would do the craziest stuff. So I'm a suburban kid. This is L.A. County, you know? And, and he would take me out in the field, and he'd put me on a tractor, and he would describe how he wanted furrowed um, because he was going to irrigate it for alfalfa, and then he would just drive away. <laughs> and then as a kid, man, you're like, I get a tractor? I mean, Danny's still doing that, right? And like, how old do you feel when you're on that tractor? 
Have you ever noticed that? No. Yeah, check it out next time. I bet you're about 12. <laughs> because of the joy, right? It's just the joy. Of, you're like, you're kidding me. I get to drive this thing around. This is so freaking cool. Okay, so he would do things like that. But do you understand what that's bestowing? I believe in you. You have what it takes. I delight in you. I believe in you. I delight in you. I believe in you. I delight in you. I believe in you. Over and over and over. All through the Cowboy State. We'd go out and fix stuff and, and you know, irrigation ditches. And, and he would just continually put things in my hand, put tools in my hands, put experiences in my hands to develop in me. I was a very unfinished boy, right? I, I was probably emotionally mature, I was probably like six when I was 12. And I was still six when I was 17, you know, because I hadn't been, hadn't, hadn't had this kind of loving, okay? So that's the cowboy stage, adventures and hard work to begin to form things in you. And then, like David, then you're able to move into the warrior stage. The warrior stage comes around 19, and you Bible guys can help me with this. So Israel, um, there's the Exodus. Now they're out in the wilderness uh, and they're getting ready for war, right? They're gonna go in and like fight a bunch of guys. Um, and they number the army. Remember this? They number the army, every fighting man. And I think they were 19. They were 19 years old or older. You were considered a fighting man. That was just given. You're 19, you're a warrior. You're in that stage. Somewhere around that stage in a young man's life, and, and you'll see all that. I told you, a little boy wants to be a Jedi Knight. You'll see these things through it. But I'm just, there's a stage around 17, 18, 19, and into your 20s, you hit the warrior stage. And um, man, you just got to have a mission. You got to have a fight. You got to have something. And so for some guys, it's sports and other guys, it's maybe education or it's literally a mission. You know, they go to the field or, but there's just something in, you know, do you hear the songs of, you know, angry men, right? Most of the revolutions in this world were started by young men in their 20s, right? Because they need a fight. They need a cause. And if they don't have a couple good kings around to help, like, kind of shepherd that, like, it, it gets, you know, it's gangs, Right, it turns into gangs because they hit the warrior stage. They need, they need, a, they need a fight, so they just kill each other. Okay, but the warrior's in there, so you you get into the warrior stage. And why this is really important that this stage comes before the lover. Okay, because you are going to have to fight for her. And I love my young adult son, freshly married comes to me one day and he says, he says, yeah, the problem with the beauty is that she doesn't stay rescued. <laughs> He's like, I got to do it again and again and again. Like I leave her and we're great in the morning and I get back and she like something happened and there was a, you know, argument with a friend or whatever. And she's like taken out. And I'm like, what? Again? Kind of thing. So you better, have, you better have some warrior in you. You, you better have some of that shaped before, before you go to the lover stage, okay? So God, and, and this is... Um, some guys just went, oh my gosh. Yep. That's what's happening. There you go. <laughs> yeah. 
That's what's happening. The, a beauty to rescue, right? It's a lovely thought. Um, and and let um, kindness. Okay, kindness, kindness, kindness. First off, I need to do two kind things right now because there are, some, there are some women listening to this. And when I said in the earlier session that Eve is fundamentally flawed after the fall, man, that just plays right into women's shame and self-contempt and all that. And that's not what I meant. Adam is fundamentally flawed too. It's why we need a savior who comes to restore our humanity. We're all broken. We're all damaged goods, okay? So it's not something unique to women. And I really wanted to clarify that thought to you because Eve is phenomenal. Eve's amazing, right? If you follow the the story of creation, who is the crown of creation? It's Eve. She's the finishing touch, okay? There's a unique glory there, okay? The Trinity bestows so much into Eve. Beauty, mystery, okay? Like, Eve's phenomenal. So there's that. The other thing I want to say to you, because this is going to be along the mercy that you just felt ripple through the room. Oh, that's what's going on. Um, She needs God. You will never be enough. And you can feel weak as a man because you're like, man, I am trying. I'm trying. And go, yeah, she needs God. Right? We need God. You will never be enough for her. And that is not something of a deficiency in your masculinity. It's just she needs God. In fact, in, in the fall, you know, when God introduces the frustration into the human race to correct the human race, he introduces futility and failure into men's lives, thorns and thistles, right? Because that will drive us to God. He introduces into Eve's life loneliness and heartache. Loneliness and heartache to drive her to God. So you're not failing because she's not well. Okay, your wife is not the report card on you. She needs God, just like you do. Okay, and that'll really help because there's a lot of good men in here going, I don't, what do I do? I'm trying everything, right? We've been to the conferences. We've done the counseling. I, you know, well, yeah, she needs, a, she needs a God. She needs a father. Yeah, she needs an infinite source of love. You're like, you're not anything close to an infinite source of love. <laughs> right? Praise God. Like, we're, like it's just whew, mercy. Okay. This is all entering into the lover stage. <clears throat> so the warrior, we, we begin to develop some warrior in the 20s, begin to get some strength. We get into a fight, you know. Um, and, and the fascinating thing about the warrior stage is this. So... Um, God is not going to do everything for you, right? He's not going to tie your shoes for you. It's like, tie your own shoes, <laughs> right? He's not going to make breakfast for you. Make your own breakfast, right? He treats you like a man. His engagement with Job is unbelievable. It's another one of his grieving friends, and he treats Job like a man. He talks to him like a man. He doesn't baby him. 
okay? So the problem with the warrior stage is if you haven't experienced some beloved son and some cowboy, you start getting into some fight, right? There's difficulty kind of thing. You feel abandoned. Most men misinterpret hardship for abandonment. Right? Come on, guys, right? Things go wrong. You blow a tire, you blow a check, you blow a conversation, you know, something goes wrong. Something, something blows up in your life. And our, our initial reaction is, come on, God, come on, right? Or the reaction is just, I knew it. I knew it, right? Yeah, because there isn't belovedness in there. And so you interpret everything as rejection, right? In, including from God. So you see how these things build on each other. The good news is God comes back around in our lives. We're going to get there in just a minute. He will come back and he will work in the areas to deposit what you didn't get. You still get belovedness. You still get adventure. You get cowboy, right? And that that beautiful moment in the arena when he's like, come on, Shiloh, we're made to run. Like, oh, guys, you get to run. You get to ride like fast motorcycles and invest money and do all kinds of cool stuff. Okay, warrior, he's got to put you in a fight. And it's not abandonment. It's not abandonment. But how do you train a warrior? God will not do everything for you, especially and including banishing your enemy. Now, early in your Christian life, You get hammered with accusation. You get hammered with overwhelm. You're like, oh, Lord, please just take this from me. And he'll do that. He's kind. He's good. He'll do that. But after a while, he'll say, no, you do it. You do it. You stand up to accusation. You stand stand up to shame. You banish it. You banish it. Because how, how else do you develop the warrior in you? But to put you in a fight and ask you to rise up. You do it. Okay, it's not abandonment, it's training. Okay, so, and then, and then you come into the lover stage, <clears throat> and the lover stage um, is a really beautiful stage, and it actually, I know it feels like it's totally, it's like around the woman, you fall in love, it's romance, um, but actually the lover stage is the awakening of the heart, right? You read David's Psalms, man, he is a romantic guy. He really is. He loves nature. He's writing poetry about streams and flowers and the weather and stuff like that. He he has an alive heart, right? You discover music. You discover art. You discover the beauty of the world. The beauty of the world is so nourishing. Your soul needs beauty to be nourished. Did you know that? And if you don't get nourished by the beauty of the world, you're going to think the beauty should do it. You're going to take all of that ache of your soul to the beauty, and she's not an infinite source of love either. Okay? So, like, you need beauty in your life. And this is the awakening of the lover. Now, yes, yes, of course. He falls in love. He meets the girl, right? And, and it's a beautiful time in a young man's life, and, and there's romance and, and all that great stuff. <clears throat> I mean, if you have any doubt about the goodness of God, that sex is so awesome. Like, you're kidding. Like, sex yeah. is from God. 
right? Like should remove like a lot of your like religious conceptions about him. Like, whoa, holy cow. And then he puts that erotic book right in the middle of the, the I mean, have you read the Song of Songs? And it, I, fellas, 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 fellas. Like this, this is like, you are kidding me. I'm going to climb the palm tree and take hold of its fruit? Like, <clears throat> I'm just trying to help you with God, okay? How beautiful your sandaled feet, O prince's daughter, your graceful la ladies. Like, just hang with me because Eve is wonderful, okay? <clears throat> your graceful legs are like jewels, the work of a craftsman's hands. Your navel is a rounded goblet that never lacks blended wine. Your waist, a mound of wheat. He is feasting on her, on their wedding night, okay? Your breast like fawns, your neck like an ivory tower, like, and, and he, yeah, man. And then her invitation, the end of the poem is, come away, my lover, and be like a gazelle or a young stag <laughs> on the spice-laden mountains. <laughs> yes, please. That is, that is literally in the middle of the Holy Bible. I'm telling you, God is the least religious person you'll ever meet. Like, he, he's the kind of person you want to go on a road trip with. Like, holy schmoly. Okay, so the lover stage comes along. He's got to learn to be a lover. And why the awakening of the heart is so important in the lover stage is now... Right, it's about, it's about her heart. It's about her heart. He's a warrior to fight for her heart. This is about your wife's heart, your lover's heart. Couple things on this real quick. Um, you should know her story. Do you know your wife's story? I mean, the story of her childhood. What was her relationship with her dad like? What was her relationship with her mother like? What were her friendships like as a girl? You, you need to know the arrows that have pierced your wife's heart. You need to know her wounds, right? So that you can fight for her healing. Okay. So ask her her story. I mean, you want like a super romantic weekend? Take her away for a couple days and say, honey, I am so sorry I haven't done this. I don't know why I haven't done this in 16 years of our marriage, but I need to know your story. Would you trust me with your story? I'd love to hear, where'd you go to school? What did you love when you were a girl? It's all parts of her story you don't know, okay? You need to know her story because you are there to fight for her heart, okay? As a warrior and a lover, okay? Having passed through that, around the 40s, you hit the stage of the king. And the king is where you begin to be entrusted with power and influence. You're given a kingdom. And God wants to give you a kingdom. He's looking for men to entrust with his kingdom and with his power. But like I said, if the king, if the king doesn't know belovedness, he just buys himself a bunch of toys. If he hasn't been the lover, he gets a, you know, a trophy wife and dumps the wife of his promise and his youth. If he, if he hasn't been the warrior, there are so many kings who have not been the warrior and they lead their congregations into passivity. Here's one. It's not your job to resist the devil. 
That's God's job. No, you're commanded to. Have you read 1 Peter 5, James 4, 7? You are commanded to deal directly with evil. Okay? That's because you're a warrior king. Okay, but you get the kings who are like they're just passive and then, you know, it's all about control and their narcissism and stuff. And then the beautiful stage of the sage. Later life, full of wisdom, full of experience, mostly learned through failure, right? Um, he becomes the elder at the gates. He becomes the guy you want to go to. I loved driving with my grandfather. I loved it. He drove this old Ford pickup in a small cow town, and gray hair, cowboy hat, and here's what I loved about it. Every single person who passed him on the road gave him one of these. He was a respected man. When people wanted opinions about, you know, cattle prices and weather and crops, and when, they, when they needed advice, they went to Tom Eldridge, okay? He was a sage. He was a sage. It's a beautiful stage of life. God is fathering us. We are in initiation, and this is the map. That's the map, okay? Now, you don't need to take any notes on that. You, you, don't, need, you don't need to worry about that. If you'd like to learn more later when it is kind to your soul, read the book Fathered by God. Okay, because it goes through all the stages and how God fathers you through it and that sort of thing. So I'm just going to say, there's the map. The map is masculine initiation. We are unfinished men. There's all kinds of things in us that just need shoring up and love and training and experience. Um, and that's, that's largely how he does That's how we become wholehearted men. Okay, so you're back with James and Ryan. Um, so we're on a journey to become wholehearted. What part of the journey are you on right now when it when we're talking about these stages of masculinity? Right now, I would say I'm experiencing several, probably in different aspects of my life, right? So you have professional life, family life, uh, personal life otherwise, mm -hmm. right? Um, so I would say I kind of dabble in each category as far as king and lover um, and then to some like adventure doesn't necessarily come supernatural to me, mm -hmm. but I also have a 13 year old boy. And so in order to be, um, a good lover and a good King of, of my family and, and supporting them, like it requires me to be more adventurous and yeah. find joy in the ridiculousness of what is a 13 year old boy, mm -hmm. you know? And, um, and then lover in the sense of pursuing my daughter and pursuing my wife properly. And then mm -hmm. King, as far as establishing um, a household and we're in the middle of building a house and, um, and then obviously uh, true North and all that comes with that and leading men. And, and, uh, and that's kind of like, we're kind of put in a position of King, but also sage. Yeah. Um, and so um, you've got enough gray in your beard to be a sage. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I feel like I've had a, a lot of life, <laughs> you know, and that's something that I was going to say, too, is like this, this sounds very linear, right? And we've talked mm. about it. This sounds like a very linear experience and, and probably in a, in a vacuum, 
Um, that's exactly how it would be laid out and you would have a perfect foundation for each next stage and you would navigate it beautifully. Right. But unfortunately we live in a fallen world Mm -hmm. and we get hung up in different stages or don't experience stages. We maybe get thrown into a different stage at, you know, out of order, if you will. And so something that, that I'm learning that I can like, as I'm listening to this, I'm like, man, I feel like I've experienced each stage in part, but maybe um, I've not fully realized the the fulfillment of each stage, right? And I'm not sure we ever will, but um, I think particularly, you know, in in the adventure piece, right? And it's not my it's not my natural bent to be super adventurous and that sort of thing. And so, um, but I I can see where um, I have trauma or wounds or places I've lost heart that have kind of thrown a wet blanket on that adventure piece, yeah. right? To where I haven't fully experienced the cowboy stage, yeah. perhaps. And so I think this process is going back and inviting Jesus into those wounds and, and trauma um, to bring healing so that we can become wholehearted, yeah. right? So that we can become fully grounded, well-rounded, um, you know, whole men mm-hmm. uh, the way that God intended us to be. And so I think that, you know, as an encouragement, as you're listening to this, you know, if you feel like you missed a stage or you haven't completed a stage, that's okay. And, I, and I'm not so sure that um, in the world we live in, it's even possible to to do that the way God designed ultimately. But I think that it's important that we, we recognize that and maybe um, – you know, if you feel like you're missing out on a stage, then then that's something to to take to Jesus and ask why. Um, maybe it's something you don't even realize. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, um, yeah. So you feel like cowboy is probably the one that stands out for you as like maybe the the least initiated space for you, or um, like the one you'd like to recover more of. Yeah, probably. I think I think that uh, you know my. Growing up was pretty traumatic. I experienced some some trauma early, early on um, that kind of uh, the, let me, let me think about how I want to share this, but um, without going into all the gory details, but, you know, experiencing trauma early on and the reaction from my parents made me feel like the beloved son. You know, I was the center Mm -hmm. of attention and I, I was well taken care of in in that instance but because of the trauma it also kind of throw through a wet blanket on on the adventure piece because you know it was like you know stay stay safe stay close don't you know don't do anything dangerous to to put yourself in a situation to where where you can get hurt or or that sort of thing and so i think that even though i did have adventures i mean i did ridiculously stupid things as a as an adolescent for fun you know um adventuring you know just out playing and and uh you know fishing and you know being just out in the wilderness and you know crazy it you know crazy things come up just from 
being out and about, right, and, and with friends and other boys and challenges and all those things that, that come with that. But um, I think, though, that did I, I played it safe a lot during during the typical years of when we're supposed to be exploring. What, what is it, like 9 to 14 or something, yeah. 9 to 15, something like that John talks about. Um, and so, so yeah, probably a little under underdeveloped in that. Yeah. Um, what what's been your strongest stage? Like when you look at that list of the six stages, which which one are you like? Yeah, I, I rocked that one, or I'm I'm doing well in that area. Oh geez. Um. Golly, if, if I think if I think about early on, I always wanted a family and a wife and things like that. And so, um, I probably, the desire to be a good lover Mm -hmm. was there. Um, but I know better than to say that, that I'm just super good at it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's it's, number one, it's kind of a moving target. And then number two, it's, it's, you know, um, I don't always get it right. Yeah. Uh, but as far as putting, putting others ahead of me, um, and wanting to serve others, and in particular, my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I do that well. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Cool. Yeah, my. What about that? Like, what's your experience been in this as far as stages one through six? Yeah. So, actually, you know, listening to this message, so there's two thoughts to come to mind, and they, they kind of compete against each other, but I think they also work together, and I'll, I'll get to that. But the, the first thought uh, was my initial thought, which was, you know, I didn't I didn't start walking with God until I was about 26. Um, that's when I gave my life to Him. And before that, like, I believed in God, but I did. I, there was zero of me pursuing Him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I look back, and I'm like, okay, well, the beloved son— I I knew I was loved, and my parents loved me, and I had a good family. But did, did I feel like I was ever loved unconditionally? Absolutely not. Like, yeah. um, I had to, you know, I had to earn my love. And so I never felt initiated in that. Cowboy, man, I was scared of everything growing up. Like, I didn't do roller coasters. I was scared of heights. I was scared to break the rules because I was the type of kid that every time I did break a rule, I got caught right away. Like, you know, all your friends are like, oh, do this, do this, do this. And they've done it a hundred times. And then as soon as I do it, you know, I get caught by an adult or whatever. And yeah. it's actually still happens to this day. Like if I, <laughs> if I go outside the lines a little bit, I get caught. But, um, yeah. So as far as a cowboy, like I played it so safe, man, mm-hmm. so safe. And that even kind of went into my warrior phase is like, as a warrior, I, I was playing it so safe and I, I made good decisions all the time. Even in my early twenties, I just made good decisions because I wanted my life to be easy. I didn't want to have to fight. Mm-hmm. So I never got initiated as a cowboy. I never got initiated as a beloved son. I never got initiated as a warrior and I turn 26 and I give my life to Christ and simultaneously meet my my future wife at the time or she is my future she's my wife now but you know what I'm saying like at the time she was becoming my future wife so I'm thrust into a lover 
and I'm going to be initiated in this lover phase, whether I like it or not. And, you know, John talks about in that session that, um, you know, it's tough to be a lover without having been the warrior. Mm. Um, and so my, my stages kind of can't all crammed into the past five or six years really is what it's felt like. Yeah. Like I have now been since getting married and, and walking with God and diving into this wild at heart lifestyle and, and being with true North, like I realized that I am a beloved son. Mm-hmm. Like I've accept, I've adopted that identity. I, I, I have had to be a cowboy in ways that are hard to explain, but it's taken me for, for the, for how I'm naturally bent. It's taken a lot of courage for me to do the things I I do. And, and for most people, it wouldn't be any big deal at all. But for me to go and just talk to a stranger or strike up a conversation on behalf of growing the kingdom, you know, cause like, I feel like God's calling me to do these things or starting a podcast or, you know, on down the line, like it's been cowboy, like it's been an adventure for me and it's been scary, but I've taken risk and God's shown up. Right. So I've been initiated through that. The warrior, like I said, getting thrust into the lover stage and and having a, a wife who uh, you know has a daughter, and so I'm an instant dad. Like and fighting for the hearts of those girls, fighting for my my younger kids. Like man, I've had to be a warrior big time to fight for my wife's heart to tell her realize like, hey, I'm a safe person for you. Mm-hmm. Has been a fight, yeah. uh, and so it's crazy like. Like you said a little bit earlier, like if if you feel like you haven't been initiated in any of these areas, like that's okay. God will bring you the initiation, but don't mistake the initiation for abandonment, like what God talks right. about either, because or, God is yeah. there working through all of that. And so I said that I had two thoughts. That was my first, all of that I just said was my first thought. Impressive. My, <laughs> my second thought is that I can step back and look back and see that even though I wasn't following God in all those years, he still was in a way initiating me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't give it much credit now, but it also did develop me into the person I am today before I ever started walking with God. And so, because I've been his beloved son, right? Mm-hmm. Like since before I was ever born. Yep. He knew me. He he created me. He he loved me. So I I've already was the beloved son. I did have to do some cowboy stuff, even though I felt like I was scared all the time. There were things I had to do that were scary and 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 got me to where I was. And I worked hard. Um, you know, I, I played soccer and I, I trained extremely hard and I took it very serious. And and I did have to fight for yeah. a lot of things. I had to fight for my life to be easy even though I made good decisions, like, so that's, it's interesting, like, so that's, like, two different, like, viewpoints of it, but it kind of, it does work together. I think, like, my true, like, my favorite part of this, of the initiation has been that cramming in of the past five or six years that's really developed me into the man I am today, um, the the son of God that I am, but, uh, yeah, I think part of it is putting language to our experience, yeah. right, in this life. So, like, at, like 
learning this language, understanding what these stages are, you can kind of, because daily almost, you know, certainly like so many categories, if you will, of your life, you're experiencing a little bit of each stage perhaps. And then the other thing that you're talking about that I, that completely resonates with me is that inviting God back into those areas where maybe you're uninitiated or, or into your wounding Mm -hmm. um, changes your perspective. Right. So like what you're talking about, looking back now, you can see where you had the life experience of those things. You just didn't recognize, maybe you saw it as hardship Mm -hmm. or, or difficulty. Um, but those things were were sort of making you stronger, and God used those to shape you into the person yeah. that you are now. And I think that that's that's key. Like yeah. it doesn't change our change maybe what has happened to us throughout our life, but inviting Jesus into those places does change your perspective on right. them, and so that allows you to sort of get through it. Yeah, not just over it, because so many times we get over yeah. something. And we leave it behind. We leave it there, um, but we don't deal with it, mm-hmm. right? And so, unfortunately, that kind of sneaks up on us yeah. later on. Because yeah, we think we leave it there, right? Yeah. Like, but it's still within us. And I think one of the guys talked about um, on on Monday night at the frontier that none of these stages we, we never fulfill them and move on from them. They're always a part of us. Yep. It's a part of our wholeness, and, and so taking Jesus back into each one of these stages. If you're listening to this podcast, man, get some time alone and, and and take these questions to God. Like where, what phases do I need your initiation in? What phases do I need to go back into and, and have some healing? I I think God will show up huge for you in that. And so that'd be my challenge from this podcast. Go take some time alone and really invite God into that of, of what stage you're in right now. And um, it's just, let's continue on this journey of wholeheartedness. Yeah. You got anything else? No, I think that's it, man. Good deal. Man, thank you guys for joining us on the True North Podcast this week. I hope you guys enjoyed the teaching from John and, and our stories. Uh we really appreciate all of you that are listening and you know, we don't, I don't say it very often, but it, it would be a huge blessing for us if you continue to share the podcast and, and just further our reach. We just want to, just want to help men understand God. Uh, that's, that's it. And so if this podcast is meaningful to you, I'd love it if you shared it. And, um, but until then we'll see you next week. See you guys.